and, uh, you know, the time restraints upon us um, because we want to give ample opportunity for people to be able to connect just with a drink um, afterwards. But we're launching off with a new series, which is all around the different colours. I don't know whether we have a slide on the screen, Defeating the Colours. And uh, tonight we're going to look at the reds, and uh, we're also going to look at the blues and the yellows, and uh, we're also going to be looking at the greens, and then we're also going to be looking at beige as well. There are all the different colours that uh, represent different moods or different uh, feelings and thoughts. And um, it's a series that we, we, we uh, undertook a couple of years ago in Arena Ilkeston, and actually uh, was very well received, if that's the right phrase, because actually it was deeply challenging because of some of the issues that surround all of us. And it's my joy to be able to talk about defeating the Reds, although in the terms of, of uh, my team, which are the Reds, Liverpool, I don't want ever us to be defeated. I want us just to be winning, but you understand where I'm coming from tonight. So Lord Jesus, please help us with this word. I know, Lord, that there's been a lot to absorb tonight, and there's been a lot that's been said already, but I pray that your truth would be just set in our hearts, and specifically those people who struggle in this area of handling their anger, that this word would just help them. It wouldn't condemn them, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be anything that's restrictive to them, but it would just bring freedom to their heart and soul. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. As you can hear in my prayer, I'm, I'm looking at defeating the Reds, and that is specifically, I want to address the issue of anger. Before we get to it, I want to say there are many obstacles to a life of faith. There really are. There are many things that we have to handle. There are many things that we have to work through when we make a decision to follow Jesus Christ. I would love to be able to tell you, each and every one of you, and you know this is not true, those who have been a Christian for some time, that when we come to faith, I would love to say that that, that decision, point of decision, I would love for it to have been the case that everything then is solved, everything becomes easy, everything works its way out, we become absolutely perfect in every way. And if I was to say that to you, you know that I would be an absolute liar, because it is absolutely not the truth. All that has happened is, and I mean it's a big all, but what we've come to a realization is that Jesus died for us and that we need a saviour. That is what we're saying, that is what we're resting in. And then the journey begins. And boy, is it a process. Now as we look at these colours over the next few weeks, and we've got Mother's Day and we've also got Easter incorporated into that, so it's going to take us just a few weeks to get through them. But as we go through these colours, some of these colours may not be an issue to you. So, for example, when we call it about defeating the blues, I am mindful because I speak to a lot of people who suffer with depression. There's a lot of people who come into my world who talk to me, sit down with me and say, actually, I really, really struggle with depression. And actually, I don't condemn depression because I understand that people can get very, very depressed. Some people are clinically depressed. And I understand that there is an issue there, and it needs, it's a process to work through. There's no sense of condemnatory um, from the pulpit at all here. But I want to say depression wouldn't be my bag. I don't suffer with depression. It's not an issue to me. 
But this particular issue of defeating the Reds is a big thing to me because if I was, we were to class now Alcoholics Anonymous, you would have to give your name. It goes something like this. Hello, my name is Christian Thorpe. I'm from Hina. I'm 41 years old. I'm married. I have four children and I am a recovering they would normally say alcoholic or whatever it is. I'm, and, and I feel like I want to say I am in recovery with regards to my anger. I can't say it's an addiction, but my anger issues. Now, some of you, it's not an issue here, but I still want you to hold with me because it may be that you have people around your world who suffer with anger. And it may help you to understand them a little bit more. But the point is we all have issues. And unless we overcome these issues, they will inhibit our lives. They will put a lid on our lives. They will restrict our influence. They will stop us from going to where we need to go to. And we can do all the praying that we want in the world in that sense. Unless we begin to face these issues head on. Until we start to receive the counsel of God. Until we start to take some small steps to work these things through. Then we're never going to change. And I for one want to be a person that continues to change. I want to become more like Jesus. I want to become more like his image. And I want this church to be a representation of Jesus. There are some people I know for certain, you suffer with anger. It may not manifest itself in explosion. It manifests itself in sulkiness. It's still an expression of anger because it's simmering underneath the surface. Are you hearing me, you sulkers? So don't start sulking at me now. President Harry Truman, who was the 33rd president of the United States, said this, In reading the lives of great men and women, I found that the first victory they won was over themselves. Self-discipline with all of them came first. It was basically saying there are issues that need to be dealt with if we're going to become great. And if we're going to become great in God's kingdom, then we must deal with these issues So let's launch in, shall we, because of time, and that is a way of introduction in terms of setting the series up, because we really do want to grapple with these big issues. It's impossible for us to try and deal with a whole anger issue. I'm not coming from a counselling perspective. I'm not coming from a a psychotherapy kind of uh, perspective, because we have basically 20, 25 minutes to be able to just look at this subject matter. But I believe that the Lord can speak to us, do you? In this time that we have together. So if you've got a Bible, please turn with me to Ephesians in chapter 4. And we're going to read from verse 26. He says this. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down. While you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Now I want to address, just for a moment, two particular issues regarding anger. I want to first of all just spend a small amount of time on something that I would consider to be labelled righteous anger. And then the last part, and the majority of the part, we're going to talk about raging anger. But first of all, with regards to righteous anger, because you may say, well, is it possible to be right in anger? Well, it's interesting what Paul writes here, because read the text again. He says, in your anger, do not sin. So that leads me to think that actually, you can be angry and not sin. In your anger, do not sin. Yeah? 
don't know whether you've ever seen that before. In your anger, do not sin. I actually think there is something that is called righteous anger. It's not me trying to play around with words. I think it runs through the course of the Bible. Do you think that Jesus is not angry by what he sees in his world? Do you think God the Father is not angry by what he sees in the world today? The way that we treat this world, the way we treat the environment, the way we treat animals, the way we treat each other, the way countries treat one another, the way different coloured skins treat one another, how the rich treat the poor and how the poor treat the rich. Do you think God's not concerned about these things, angry about these things? I do. I think God is very, very concerned about these particular issues. I really do. And he says there, in your anger, do not sin. So let me talk about some of the righteous things that I am angry about. Let me tell you. First of all, injustice. I'm concerned about injustice. I'm concerned about the injustice in the world. There's a lot of injustice. I actually am very, very concerned. When I hear that the rich are getting richer, and I have no problem with rich people. But I do when it's the detriment of poor people, I think that that's obscene. I get very, very concerned when people in Mansfield are going to bed tonight hungry. I get very concerned when people in this area have nowhere to call home. I get very concerned when I read on the news of the different trafficking of young children, particularly young girls, 10, 11, 12, coming in from Eastern Europe, predominantly, into this area, and they are being trafficked for men who, well, we'd best not even go there. Just terrible things. I want to tell you, if you don't get angry about those things, there's something seriously wrong with you. I can't be any blunter than that. I am very, very angry about these things. I want to say to you, what you get angry about is showing me what you care about. And I get very angry about these things. Now, how that manifests itself, how that works its way out is very, very important. Because I was speaking to somebody on the door as we was going out. There's somebody, there's some people in Derby who obviously don't like the cruelty of animals and animal furs and all that kind of stuff. I'm not about here to open up that debate because it has different kinds of thoughts around it. But these particular people was stood out of a shop, outside a shop in, in Derby, being absolutely awful, right in front of this shop that obviously sells some furs or whatever. And they were kicking off and doing it whatever. And I just thought to myself, it may be something that they hold to, but actually how they're going about this is completely wrong. It's like the, 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 the story, the headlines that I've heard in America. You know, I am anti-abortion. Okay, let me be absolutely clear. But it can't be right when you've got American so-called Christians going to anti-abortion clinics and killing the doctors who were carrying out the abortions. And we've all heard it on the news. It's crazy. That's no way to go about it. So I'm not talking about taking the law, law into our own hands. But what I am talking about is there is a righteous anger. We can cite Jesus as an example. He was unhappy. He was angry about what was happening in, his, in the temple. Because they were changing money. And actually what was happening there wasn't just a changing of money. To really understand it, again, they were ripping off the poor people. That's what was happening. It was the injustice of the poor. 
The people were making money and profiting once again off the poor. And Jesus was unhappy with it to the point where he drove them out. The temple, when people cite to me as this Jesus meek and mild and this Jesus soft thing, I want to tell you, there, there was some physicality about Jesus to actually get some blokes moving. So there's something called righteous anger. I told you I really would love to open that up a little bit more, but we haven't got time. But the thing that we're aware I want to address is raging anger. So in your anger, sometimes it's okay to be angry. Nudge the person next to you and say, it's actually okay at times to be angry. Now I'm going to tell you where it's okay to be angry. I just have. But in your anger, do not sin. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. So I want to address now, just for the last part, raging anger. Raging anger. Peter the Great, Peter the Tsar, said this is one of his most famous quotes. I have conquered an empire, but I haven't been able to conquer myself. You see, if we do not deal with these colors, red, yellow, blue, green, beige, if we cannot deal with the issues of envy, greed, selfishness, lies, rage, and anger, you might accomplish great things, but it will all be lost because you've not been able to conquer yourself. How it manifests or manifested itself in me, I want to say thanks be to God that is increasingly less and less in me. And if my wife was here and my children were here, they would say that would be true. I'm saying less and less. It's not completely gone from me, but it's less and less. There's something that I describe as a red mist. Anybody know what I'm talking about? A red mist. And I've lost it. I've completely... My kids, when I knew there was an issue here, and they often laugh about it now, they used to grade it on a 1 to 10 of where daddy was at. They, are, they would tell you that actually they don't think they've ever seen a 10, and they haven't. But I want to tell you, 10 wasn't very pretty. My parents are here, as you know, and uh, I'm not about to really bring honor to it, but the reality is, for whatever reasons, it was obviously just my thorn in the flesh. There was just anger around my life. I think that's the easiest way to, to, to say it. It would manifest itself, or joking aside, with me uh, hearing the word that most of us don't like, actually. And this is the catalyst for it. We don't like this word. It's a two-lettered word, and it begins with N and ends in O. No. We don't like that word, no. So when I heard the word no, I didn't like that word, and so I would take it upon myself to manifest my anger, even as being a toddler, by throwing myself wherever I was. If it was in church, it was irrelevant. If it was in a supermarket, it was irrelevant. And then start banging my head on the floor. Now, what you've got to realize is you can't keep doing that when you're a teenager. <laughs> and I quickly realized that once I got married at 20, 21, I couldn't keep manifesting its way through 
like that. Hello? Because there's times when Caroline would say to me, no. There's times when my boss, when I was started my first job, full-time job at 16, would say to me, no. Was I going to start throwing myself on the floor and having a tantrum? You've got it. No. And so I realized that there was an issue. There was an issue here. It didn't take a lot for me to start kicking off. You're all smiling. Some of you know what I'm talking about because you've either been married to it or you are it. It doesn't take a lot and it manifests itself in different ways. It really does. It could be through with sulking and so some of us go quiet. So what's the matter? Nothing. You've all, nothing. And it's just this sulkiness, this mardiness. I'm sorry, I'm just going to say what it is. It's mardiness and sulkiness. And it's really anger because it's simmering beneath the surface. Is anybody hearing me tonight? Don't just talk about those who explode. Oh, they're angry. No, there's a lot of people who are angry and they disguise it in this sulk. Well, I've just gone quiet. No, you're not. You're being mardy. It's simmering underneath. And we need to stop it because the Bible says... In our anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Because if we do so, then we give the devil a foothold. I want to come on to that. I mustn't, because of time, I mustn't lose these things. Let me just say to you, if you go to bed angry, you give permission for the devil to climb into bed with you. I'll say that again. I don't think I actually took this from anybody. I think this is original to me. Somebody else may have said it. I'm telling you, if you go to bed angry, take the text. Do not give the devil a foothold. Do not go to bed angry. If you go to bed angry, you give permission for the devil to climb into bed with you. Let me just say, how grotesque is that thought? How grotesque is that thought? And yet I wonder how many others have actually done it. In our anger, we've laid our head on the pillow. You know as well as I do, you can't sleep very well when you're angry. Because you're simmering. You're simmering. And you're just angry. Those who are married, we mustn't do it. Please can I encourage us not to do it. It won't help you at all. Just do what you need to do. And I know you may say, well, have you, are you married to her? She just won't talk. I understand. Are you married to him? I understand. But please, can I ask you, please, please, to just deal with your issues. To just deal with your issues. It's the same when we deal it with church life. Some people walk out of this door, you haven't gone to bed, but you've gone out of here angry. And you're simmering. And it's not good for you because you're giving the devil permission to just have room in your heart. I think churches have been destroyed by this thing. Because they haven't been dealt with. We've just allowed things to simmer. And then there's people who've been sulking. And then there's people who've been exploding. And it's just not been good. It's not been a happy place. Guys, in our anger, do not sin. Let's not give the devil a foothold. You see, the devil loves spacious places to work with and roam from. And if we give him permission and we're angry we're giving him permission to work from and roam from our hearts not only will he roam from and work from but he'll camp and control 
That's why there's some people who have high blood pressure. Why? Because they're angry. Why people are stressed? Because they're angry. And it creates all kinds of health issues. I'm not saying every health issue is because we're angry. Because that would be foolish of me to say. But you understand what I'm saying. We've got to deal with these issues. I recognize that unless I started to just bring this before God, and I'm going to give us, in a moment, four things that have helped me with, with anger. If I didn't deal with this thing, it would take absolute control of me. Because there's no good saying, well, you was a Christian. Yeah, I was a Christian, but I was still angry. I was still, I didn't take much for me to just, you know, really start, you know, getting angry. It manifests itself with me wanting to drag people out of cars. Seriously, I'm not joking. I've been up, uh, up in cars. You move this or I'll move you. And this is a Christian pastor. What is this all about? I'm going back years, Gazella, please. I'm much more angelic now. <laughs> but in my early 20s, this seriously manifested itself in these particular things. I would go toe-to-toe and nose-to-nose with whoever. Whoever, I was not, I would just, that's how it was. And I can't say I'm a violent man in that case, but it used to just get up, the red mist, just, oh my goodness, I've wrapped tennis rackets around my brother's head, all kinds of things. You know, stupid things. But I knew that I may be able to conquer, I may be able to do great things for God, but it will all come to nothing because I wasn't able to conquer this one thing. And I don't want this one thing to jeopardize and restrict me and limit me for all that God has for me. The other thing I want to say is I have four children now. I have four children. They are watching everything. They are seeing everything. And I don't want them growing up like this. They're going to have their own issues. It's interesting that you have kids... You think they're all going to be the same because they're all coming from the same... And they're completely different. They'll all have their own issues, but let's be helpful with them. Are you hearing my heart tonight? I don't want you all thinking, who is this raving pastor? Why are we following him? And he's a nasty man. I'm really not, and I'm not joking, I'm not. But I'm just telling you, you hear me? I'm just sharing my heart. He just lays a foundation in us. Let's talk about these things. Let's talk about them. Let's deal with them. We need to extinguish Satan from our lives. <laughs> if we speak when we're angry, somebody once said, you'll make the best speech you will ever regret. I'll say that again. If you speak when you're angry, you will make the best speech you'll ever regret. Have you ever done it where you've said something and you just want to pull the words back as soon as you've said them? You've said it out of anger. You've not said it out of love. You've said it out of anger. You've not been, you've not been, you've, you felt uncomfortable, you know, with, with the situation, but you've just said it. It's not the way to live out our lives. So you may say, Christian, okay, we've got only a few minutes because you promised us a cup of tea. Well, I'm going to give you four very, very simple things that are a little bit, I have to say, a bit like a formula, but please, they're not meant to be. And I was reflecting on it and thinking, Do I always live with these things? No, I don't. So preachers are good at bringing... Phil's absolutely brilliant. And I know Phil will live out these things as well. Sometimes I can bring a formula to... It just sounds good. But this, I want it to be more than just a formula. So, you know, I'm just going to go for them. And I just want you to hear my heart. The first thing I want to say... And they're all four L's. So Phil would be pleased with me. The first thing I want to say is we have to label it. 
Label it. Acknowledge it. Like I said to you, there's some things which I don't struggle with, but there's some things that I do struggle with. It's no good for me to keep saying, well, I struggle with this thing because I want to be able to talk with this thing and you'll be able to ask me in six months' time and say, Christian, how are you doing with your anger issue? And I'm saying, you know what, Paul? I feel like I've made even some more small steps forward. Great, because that's called accountability. That's good. What I don't want to be doing is keep talking about this and I've got this issue and I'm telling you more and more real-life stories that are very, very near because actually that shows me that actually I'm not in the process at all. I'm just... Well, God's not at work in me. So we have to label it. We have to acknowledge it. There are some things that I recognize in labeling it and acknowledging it. I don't know whether it quite fits under here, but it's a good point. What I also quickly identified with the, with the issue of anger was, when am I most angry? When I'm tired to get sufficient sleep. I get very ratty when I'm tired. Does anybody else get ratty? Give me a wave when you're a bit tired. I get angry when I'm stressed. I say I'm not under stress, but actually I do get stressed. You must understand the weight of responsibility that I carry. There's the stress attached to that. Whether you realize it or not, I'm making decisions about people's lives and situations and monies and etc. It's not always an easy job. And some of you have very, very demanding, many of you have very demanding jobs and situations and personal lives. So stress can cause us, at times we don't want to, so I can be thinking about something and my Isaac says something to me. He's not even said it nice, he's just said it in a just, he's a lovely boy. And he just says it in a lovely way and I'm straight, sharp with him. What is that about? It's because I feel the stress, so I've got to manage that stress. Try and help me with that stress. The best bit of advice I heard about this was, if you've had a difficult day, don't just drive home. And then walk straight into the house. Take whatever, however long it takes, five minutes. Just calm. It's almost like, have you ever seen that Sharpay on those Disney movies? Some of you have no idea. She does it. She does this. I just need to take a moment in the car. And I'll do it sometimes. I just need to. Caroline says, what are you doing? I just, I just needed to take a moment. Because I don't want to bring the stress into the home. Hello? Is this good? So we need to make sure that avoidance is an issue. There may be particular situations. There may be reminders of past experience. Because some people are angry because of things that have happened to them. That have been horrible and they had no control over. You know, there are situations that I come across that people have occasionally spoke to me. and been, I, I heard a situation this morning of just a terrible thing that happened to a daughter. This woman has every reason to be angry. Every reason to be angry. And so, it's trying not to place yourself in those situations that are going to create, you understand that emotion, being sensible. But we need to label it, we need to acknowledge it. The second thing is we need to lift it. I knew that it was no good me just labeling it, I needed to lift it. It's no good me lifting it to my mum or my dad, no good me lifting it to Caroline, because they don't have the power to change it. There's only one who can change it, his name's Jesus. And I need to lift it to him. God, I'm saying what it is. There's there's an issue here. I'm not making it more than it is. But I don't want to be living here in stress and anger. And and manifesting itself in explosions. And me just not being nice and ratty and loud. So I'm going to lift it to you. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 9 says this. Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit. 
For anger resides in the lap of fools. Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit. I'm used to say that I need to, when I feel this thing coming on, I just lift it, God. I just lift it to you. I just lift it to you. I understand that son, that daughter, that husband, that wife might do things. That neighbor might do things. That boss might, might do something. I'm encouraging you to just lift it before the Lord. Just lift it before the Lord. You will get this wrong and you will fall down. But we're on a journey. Amen? The third thing is we let it go. We let it go. It says in Proverbs verse 15 verse 1, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. A gentle answer turns away wrath. Let it go. Somebody says something to you. Where possible, just let it go. Somebody said to me, there are going to be many battles that you're going to face in your ministry life, Christian. What you need to understand is, you need to discern what fights are worth fighting. And sometimes people say things to us, might be hurtful, maybe untrue, maybe unkind. But are they worth getting angry about? Fight the fights that are worth fighting. Here in Arena Church, we want to be committed to that. To just fight those things that are worth fighting. We'll stand on the side of justice. We'll stand on the side of rightness and righteousness and purity. We won't waver on those things. But there are some things, frankly, I'm not really, really worried if the music's too loud. And people want to have a pop at me about the drums that have been kicking off too high, David. If they want to say that, then that's fine. I'm not going to get into a slanging match around it. A year in me. Sometimes we can just, you know, get involved in things that it's not, not, a, not necessary. A gentle answer turns away rash, a wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Sometimes in this letting go, I also have to understand there's a question that needs to be applied to me. Is there some truth in what this person is saying? Or is it someone just having a go? Do I need to learn from this situation? Is there some truth in what this person is saying to me? Last year I had to have a conversation with somebody. And uh, I said to them that it's maybe a very difficult conversation to be had. It could go one of two ways. It could either go north or south. And it determines on your attitude and my attitude how this is going to go. But I want to speak with with great candor. Is that okay? Okay. And so there were some things that were expressed and then there were some things that, that was expressed to me. And I want to say to you, there was an acknowledgement that actually some of the things that this man said to me was absolutely true. I needed to hear this stuff that he had to say to me because he was right. So sometimes it's not just about us, you know, well, I'm not having this and I'm getting angry. What can we learn from what this person is saying to me? So we have to label it, lift it, let it go. And lastly, leave it behind. It's in the past. I'd love for some of you to be able to change some of your situations and circumstances that that you've gone through in your life. I really would. But I can't. Because we can't turn back the clock, can we? We can't turn back the clock. It's impossible. All we can do is just move forward. And how we move forward is by leaving that stuff behind 
and moving forward. There's some things, Andy, that I wish I hadn't have done. There's some things I wish I hadn't have said. There's some things that I wish I'd have done differently here in Arena Church. There's no good dwelling there. Because what's done is done. Hello? I've got to leave it behind. And t- I'll tell you another thing that can make you very angry is when you keep going back to the same things. Because what does it do? You begin to churn it up. Regurgitate it. Anybody hearing me tonight? <laughs> you churn it up. And it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. We've got to learn to let it go and leave it behind and move forward. I told you there was a bit of a formula to, to it, but it, it, I don't want it to come across like that. I just want it to be, you know, some, uh, one of the guys sharing their hearts with regard to fe- defeating the Reds. I really do want the Reds to, de- to be defeated in our lives. I don't want anger to be a manifestation of Arena Church other than righteous anger. I want us always to be righteously angry about injustice, about poverty, about the issues with kids and young people, about our area. I really do. But I never want it to be the point where you're getting angry with me and I'm getting angry with you. And you're getting angry with this one and this one's getting angry with this one. And this family's angry with this family and this family's angry with this family. Are you hearing me? That will not build anything. We want to defeat the Reds in Jesus' name. That might be just as we have our eyes closed and our hearts open. It may be that you say, Christian, will you just pray with me tonight? Will you just pray with me because this just resonates in my heart? 